This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots and Spectators Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Isabel Hardman. And the papers are once again dominated by COVID following the decision to bring in a few new restrictions in light of a new strain of COVID in Omicron. Um, James, where are we at with this? There are now several cases in the UK. Yes, and it seems the expectation seems to be that there will be you know, high double digits or, or triple digits of cases by the end of the day. I think the big question is whether these are imported cases or whether you're now beginning to see community spread. In Scotland, they are saying that some of their cases don't appear to have any link to foreign travel. So may, maybe it has already started. This seems to be the kind of one commonly agreed fact about Omicron is that it, it does appear to be more transmissible than previous variants. What we aren't clear about yet is to what extent there is the vaccines are less effective against it. We don't know that yet. And also we don't know what kind of illness it leads to, whether it is a leads to a milder form of disease than other previous versions of the virus, or whether it is still as problematic. So I think these are the things we are we are waiting to find out about. Isabel, on that, we had the Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, at the weekend saying we are very far away from another lockdown. The Prime Minister is still predicting a Christmas better than the last, I think much better than the last, which still probably isn't saying so much. But when should we start to know more about the virus, whether it is, you know, vaccine resistant in any way? So there's a two week period now where scientists will be collecting the data and sequencing the genome of this variant to work out the the various answers to the various questions on transmissibility, on vaccine resistance, and so on. And in the meantime, I think it's fair to say that ministers are anxious enough to bring back things that they have developed a personal resistance to, such as mask wearing uh, in shops and on public transport being more strictly enforced and in schools and so on. This is all obviously in England, in Scotland, uh, things haven't really changed for quite a while in terms of mask wearing. But there's also a debate around the sort of sliding scale that leads up to a lockdown. What are the next measures that might be taken if this variant is particularly good at spreading if vaccines aren't as effective against it in the run-up to Christmas. We we talked about this on our Friday shots, that the the NHS is in a very precarious position at the moment without that many COVID cases. And so you'll see pressure ramping up pretty quickly, I think, from the the medical community to enforce tougher restrictions. Although I think it's probably fair to say, and I think they'd probably agree with this, that the medical community have been pushing for tougher restrictions throughout this. Yes, as Isabel says, James, we've seen that pressure before. So far, the government have resisted pretty strongly. What is the mood in government on this? Is there a sense that, you know, what are the factors here? Is it vaccine resistance, which is going to be what decides more tricky measures rather than transmissibility? Uh, I think it is pressure on hospitals, not cases. I think if, if it turns out that the vaccines still prevent serious disease and hospitalizations as effectively against this variant as against, as against other variants, I, I think I think I think the government will be very loath to introduce more than the kind of really quite limited measures that they've gone for so far. I think you can see the government moving to you know push 
boost the shots again. You know, I think we're expecting official confirmation today that everyone over every adult will be offered a booster shot. Uh, and the hope that that boosting the resistance in that way should help the population get through this. I think that the big question, though, is we know how many mutations it has and that, that that is alarming in some ways. The question is whether there is a possibility that the mutations might make it less effective and, and therefore less problematic if you catch it. So we wait. We have to wait and see on all this. It, it, is, it is far too early to tell. But I think the thing that, we're, that, that is quite telling so far is the number of people testing positive on returning from South Africa. You had that flight in Holland with, with a high positivity rate. Uh, some of the wastewater positivity data in South Africa. This all does suggest that it, it, it is highly transmissible. The question then becomes, it, has it gained its, its greater transmissibility by, all, by becoming a, less uh, potent as a virus? But it also does seem to be in quite a few countries already. Isabel, when it comes to how this is going to work in Parliament, uh, we know that these changes that were announced in the press conference on Saturday, so mandatory face masks on public transport and in shops, also changes to travel. Uh, if you arrive back, you now need to get a day two PCR and stay in isolation until you get a negative result. And if you are in close contact with anyone with the Omicron variant, you have to self-isolate for 10 days regardless of your vaccination status. Most of that's coming in at 4am on Tuesday. What is the procedure for getting us through the Commons? Are MPs going to get a vote on this or will they only get a vote later down the line? So MPs don't get a vote on this. It's a sort of quirk of the way in which secondary legislation, regulations, uh, implementing policy that's set out in in a sort of vague sense in uh, primary legislation in the Coronavirus Act uh, can be brought in. They just need to have a vote to rubber stamp them at some point within 28 days, which has upset the lockdown sceptic COVID recovery group. It's Chair Mark Harper is demanding that the government uh, make time tomorrow for MPs to have a vote on this. And I think there's been growing anxiety in Parliament over the past, well, two years now, about the way in which these big life-changing, life-meddling restrictions and regulations are brought in without any scrutiny and when we say scrutiny it sounds you know, it sounds very pompous and quite esoteric uh, but, but but what it effectively means is that ministers are able to implement a lot of mistakes without anyone having the chance to point them out and this is why it shouldn't just be lockdown sceptics who should be anxious about these regulations just going through uh, basically a box ticking exercise uh, belatedly in Parliament. Uh, you should have all parliamentarians, anyone who cares about government policy working in, in the way that it's intended, putting up a bit of a protest on this. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Speaker responds to this. He's complained bitterly before in the past couple of months uh, where ministers have made announcements in Downing Street press conferences rather than making them to the chamber first and has made ministers' life as difficult as he possibly can by granting as many urgent questions as possible, by dragging out PMQs, uh, by giving uh, lots of cross-statements in the Commons about his uh, disquiet over this. You could make an argument, I I think, that... uh, with uh, Saturday's announcement, the data on the Omicron variant was was coming through uh, at such a pace that ministers just you know had to act at the weekend rather than waiting for the Commons to reconvene on Monday. Uh, there'll be a statement.
Parliament in the chamber this afternoon. But I think on this regulation point, it will be very interesting to see whether you get any sympathy from the Speaker on this matter. I can almost certainly predict that there are going to be points of order on it uh, from people like Mark Harper and his colleagues. And finally, James, just in other news, how are relations going when it comes to the English Channel between the UK and France? Because on Friday, we saw the French job having the meeting. Um, they now had a meeting about the UK. What do we learn from that? So the, the French are basically sticking to this line of, well, talk to us when you're serious is essentially the, the French refrain. And they're also saying, which I think is a blow to the government, that they want any deal on dealing with this migrant crisis to be UK-EU rather than UK-France. It being UK-EU, the EU um, with 27 members, I mean, things grind more slowly than it does in, a, in a, it would do in a straight deal with the French. I think that the fundamental problem here is that the, the interests of the UK... I mean, there are two fundamental problems here, actually. One is that, that Anglo-French relations are in a very bad place, which means that there is just a lack of trust underlying all of these discussions. Both sides think that the other is, is too quick to play to the domestic gallery. But then the other problem is that the, the interests of the UK and France are not aligned on this question, which is the, you know, the UK will always be more concerned about people entering its territory than France is about people leaving its territory. So I think the kind of, the kind of deal that the government would like to see, which Boris Johnson proposed in that letter that Emmanuel Macron um, so roundly rejected, of the French agreeing to simply taking back everyone who crosses the channel. I, mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to have to be a more, a more subtle compromise than that. Thank you, James. Thank you, Isabel. And thank you for listening. Subscribe to The Spectator in our flash sale and you'll get 12 weeks of the magazine in print and online for just £12. Not only that, but we'll also send you a bottle of Johnny Walker Black Label Scotch Whiskey absolutely free. Hurry though, as this offer ends on Monday. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash sale.